Greetings and welcome back to the Ideas Podcast. I am Daniel Lazar, the founder and the faculty advisor to the John F. Kennedy School's Ideas Club. And I am here with four distinguished guests to talk about class participation and the degree to which it should be weighted in the grading at the Kennedy School. Let me introduce my guests. We will start with our wee little ninth grader, James Simonowitz, welcome back to the podcast. Good to have you. Yellow. Yellow. And the elder statesman, Jacob Reuter, uh, once uh, an ideas kingpin, now about to graduate university. Jacob, welcome back. Thanks. Good, good to be here. And the preferred Reuter, Ophelia Jacob's little sister, but so much bigger in so many ways. <laughs> Ophelia, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. And Josie, who is, I learned the other day, part of like a radio podcasting kind of family dynasty of sorts. Josie Reamer, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you. Now, I bring a lot of thoughts and feelings to this conversation as a former student, as a parent, as a concerned teacher, the question here is, to what degree should class participation be weighted as part of a student's grade? And just to muddy the waters right off the bat here, how might that change based on the subject, sport classes, language classes, STEM classes? A lot to discuss. Very curious to see what you all think about it. So what do you all think about it? How much should class participation matter for the grade? Jacob. To start out, I want to say that it's hard to put a specific number on it, in my opinion. Uh, it is very class dependent, and whether it's STEM, whether it's the social sciences. Um, however, I think the underlying philosophy should be we should give students as many ways as possible to succeed academically in a class. Some people are more gifted verbally, some people are gifted um, in writing, viewing classroom participation as a valid form of uh, gaining credit in a class, I think is really valuable. James. So I think uh, class participation should be about a third of your grade in, um, in most classes. Sometimes that is the case, sometimes it isn't. I think that what we have to acknowledge is school is there to sort of to teach you skills and to prepare you. And I think being able to present your ideas is an important life skill. I don't think it should be a huge chunk of it or bigger than um, it shouldn't be like half. But um, I think coupled with, you know, the written part, exams, homework, etc., I think it is fair for it to be a third of your grade. In, in all or most classes? I'd say every class with the exception of sport. Ophelia? I think in sport class, the oral participation, the Eigemeinatei, oral participation is a part of that, but generally participating, showing up, teamwork, etc., should be the majority of the grade rather than how many rounds you can run in the Cooper test. <laughs> and um, so, okay. yeah, I think that working together in sport class is much more important than that. 
Okay, I'm going to push a little bit to suss out some of the variables in this conversation. Imagine a student that has social anxiety disorder. Imagine a student who does not have social anxiety disorder, but they have some social anxieties. Imagine a kid who does not have problematic social anxieties, but they happen to be in a class with some of the kids who bully or have bullied them. Imagine a kid who's quiet and they prefer to be quiet and that's who they are. That is their personality. They are good people, but they prefer to not speak in front of 20 some people at eight o'clock in the morning or at two o'clock in the afternoon for that matter. That's their personality. Persuade me that a third of their grade should be based on oral participation when that means that they would have to then be perfect in order to earn a three. That's what, that's the math of it. Yeah. They'd have to have perfect quiz scores, perfect test scores, perfect homework scores. Josie. Well, I first of all want to say that I am like very much on the fence about this issue because I know quite a few people who do struggle with social anxiety and have issues talking in front of a class, even if it is in a graded setting. But I also think that the same way that we talk about oral participation being a third of the grade and having to be perfect and everything else, um, it's the same thing with having one third of your grade be exams because I also know quite a few people who have test anxiety who don't perform very well on written exams or aren't very good like in written scenarios generally and I think that's also another contributing factor is that people are always going to have one weakness or the other and unfortunately it's not something that we can cater to each individual and it's I mean it's generalized the way it is so that people are able to thrive in different scenarios. I'd also like to say I think that one way to break it down, oral participation, is that there's two things. There's contributing positively, and then there's not taking away negatively, not being disruptive. So I think a kid who really doesn't say a word, and I think that there is actually a role teachers have in sort of, in sort of coaxing students, and I do think that it can be, you know, it can be good for teachers to call on students who aren't raising their hand. I think that's a practice that should be more widespread. But even, let's say, student doesn't say a word in yeah. terms of participating yes. the entire semester. I don't think that should be a six. I think, I think if they, they aren't contributing anything positively, but they aren't taking stuff away. How many points do you get for that? For, for, for breathing, but not contributing anything noxious? Honest question. I would rate someone who doesn't participate but doesn't take away anything from the environment is never, never disruptive yeah. at a three. A three on the class participation. So you for never being disruptive. So you give them correct. fifteen you give them twenty out of thirty points, twenty out of thirty percent for just sitting there. For not being disruptive once. Huh. Who here is on board with that by show of hand? All of you. Well, your teachers aren't. And frankly, I'm not sure they should be. That's not participating. It's like literally, <laughs> literally not participating. But you think they should get points for, for breathing the air in the classroom without disrupting anyone in the process. You all believe that? 
because okay. there are a ton of students who are disruptive. I think this isn't like everyone's going to get a three and you'll still have fours and fives. That's the thing. But I think if we're looking, if we do want to, if we do want to universalize this, I think it is fair to do that. Okay. So uh, I have two things to say. One, an uncomfortable truth is sort of that a lot of school is about pushing out of your comfort zone. So I think the sort of idea that because a student doesn't like talking um, or that isn't their you know primary means of sort of communicating their knowledge, I think it's not a good argument for saying that uh, participation shouldn't be graded because I'm uncomfortable with a million things I had to do in school, but they all sort of grew me in many ways, you know? Yeah. Like I beat the Cooper test as the easy example. Like I also did not want to run 12 laps or whatever, or yeah. for 12 laps for 12 minutes or rather, but it still helped me in my, in my uh, development. So I think that's not a good argument in that sense. Um, I fully agree with James's point, actually. I think it's a very, very, uh, very good idea of sort of, again, hitting the uh, nail on the head because... Um, they call him the hammer. They call him the hammer yeah. for a reason, I can yeah. tell. Um, because um, especially in the lower class, so especially like I'd say like grade seven through 10, in these gigantic classrooms, you have a lot of disruption. I remember this very vividly. And I think it also depends on what, what level of authority the teacher can sort of present themselves as. Because I know some teachers have better control of the classroom, some worse. So a grading system like that, I think I would fully support. Josie. I was going to, again, add on to what James said. I completely agree with um, your idea. And I think it's also important to see it relative somewhat to the written work. Again, I understand some students may not be strong in their written work or in their oral participation. But if a student is getting, let's say, like ones and twos on all their written work, and yet they don't participate in class, I think that's still a sign that they're focused and they're paying attention. And like James said, even though they may not be participating, they're not removing from the class and clearly they're taking something away. So I believe that should count for something. Josie, mm -hmm. 11th grade student in my AP U.S. history class. That's who you are. Yes. And in that class, imagine, if you will, this is a hypothetical scenario. Mm -hmm. A student never participates at all. They get nothing but ones across the board on every quiz, test, and homework assignment. 100% of their mm -hmm. homework, ones. Quiz, ones. Test, ones. They say zero all semester. So much to contribute they have that mm -hmm. they got ones on everything. As you know, not the easiest thing to do in my class. Yeah. <laughs> what should their grade be? That's a really good question. Thank you. <laughs> I think I agree with what James said. I think they should be at a three for participation because of because they didn't take anything away from the class and they clearly added to it through their written work. So I think they should be at, I'm not sure how the grades even now, I'm not doing the math in my head here, but somewhere around a two. Jacob, you... I have sort of a distinction to make here where I think we're um, sort of mixing uh, mixing classes here a little bit. I think for an AP class... That's something very different than a regular history class. So a history class with, you know, 20 people in it where everyone has to sit, I think uh, then the James's idea of the rule of, you know, you get a three if you just sit there breathing, uh, I think that applies. AP classes are college credit classes. AP stands for something, and I think that, you know, choosing to participate in a class like that, you don't get to just sit there and, and breathe the air, in my opinion. Really? Really. Jacob, you are finishing up your undergraduate studies now can you talk a little bit about the degree to which class participation is weighted at your university? So my um, program is very new. I'm in the second year. Or I'm the, th the second cohort that has taken this course. Uh, and the issue of participation is hotly debated. Our current rule, I very much like this, our current rule is 
that it is not graded. So we're on a 10 point grading scale. Um, if you are exceedingly contributing to the class, you get uh, bumped up by half a point. Mm. And if you're exceedingly disruptive, you get bumped down by half a point. But otherwise, it, it's not a grade. Otherwise, so it's then not why a grade. are you making the argument that the AP class, which is a college credit class, should have something like 30% of a class participation grade when that's not the case at your distinguished university? I think I may not fully agree with my own university on their on their system, but I also think that there's a big, bit of a difference between the kind of college class that an AP class sort of emulates yeah. versus a Dutch college class. Um, so it's it's sort of hard to get into the the, the details of yeah, it, but yeah, I, we don't have to compare those. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I in my in my course, I don't pick my classes. I have to be at all of them. Um, whereas for an AP class, I didn't have to take AP US history. I didn't have to take AP calculus. Yeah. Okay, so you're drawing this distinction uh, having to do with agency and choice, and if you choose to be there, then there's this implicit assumption that you should be participating. And you get rewarded more for it, too. That's important to note as well. You get rewarded more for AP classes than you get for regular classes, credit-wise. I mean, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Well, let me ask you this, since we're sussing out variables here. History class versus math class. Like, I can kind of see the argument that, like, if we're participating in the social sciences, I mean, the name social is in there, that, you know, we want to be talking about, like, problems in history and problems in politics, and we're trying to create for a democratic environment, and we want to model that environment, right? But what if it's a math class? Does that change your calculus, if you will, at all? What about the kid who just math savant comes in nails it all the time doesn't say anything in the math class raise your hand if you think that that matters at all because of hand raising is great for podcasting does anyone here draw a distinction between a math class and a social studies class when it comes to how much class participation should be graded all of you do three out of four of you james you're the you're the lone ranger in this you think class participation should be something like 30 percent of your grade no matter what sport perhaps being a little bit different that's your position right Okay, so James, you're James the Hammer. You are on your own in this. The other three of you argue that there is a differentiation that should be drawn. Ophelia. I think if, especially in math class, the teacher sees that you're trying your best, they see that you're trying to improve on your previous mistakes, or if you're excellent in math, that you're trying to help out, even if it's just the person sitting next to you, that's a lot more valuable than saying the answer because at the end of the day like the answer isn't your opinion or doesn't contribute anything new to the conversation it's either right or wrong in math class in most cases so that's why i think it should be graded a bit differently i want to raise what might be an uncomfortable question more uncomfortable for me than for you all there is a very real issue of teacher bias and I would say it's mostly unconscious bias. Ophelia, I, much to my chagrin, never had the pleasure of having you in class. But if I did have the pleasure of having you in class, I would know that you are Jacob's sister. And I adore your brother Jacob right here. I really do. I think he's great. He had such a profoundly positive impact on my classes and on our school that subconsciously I, I think I would be giving you a lot 
of like the benefit of the doubt. I think I would really like, I don't want to, I, I would try to check it, but, and when it comes to grading your class participation, because it is sort of this amorphous thing, you would probably get more points than the kid next to you. Josie, you're a stellar student. You need no advantage whatsoever. But I like you. I just like the cut of your jib. I like, I like talking to you. I think you're a nice kid. So maybe I'd give you more of an advantage. Maybe I wouldn't, but maybe, just maybe, because I know your mom works at this school, which I didn't know until like rather recently because I'm <laughs> such a fool. Maybe I would just like unconsciously be like, well, you know, maybe her mom's going to be my daughter's teacher or maybe your mom's my buddy. Maybe we hang out. James, I don't hang out with either your parents, but I do know that your parents hang out with friends of ours. You didn't know that, but I know that. What? Uh -huh. Your mom hangs out with someone that I hang out with and someone who I like quite a bit. And here you all are in my living room on a Saturday during the holiday break. I see how much you give and how committed you are that when I sit down to grade your class participation, that maybe you just end up getting a couple percentage points based on my bias. Persuade me that this is not entirely common and then you'll persuade me that class participation should be counted for a 30-year grade. Josephine? So I'm definitely not going to disagree with you on this. I know that there is a lot of like unconscious teacher bias. Um, but I also think, I mean, maybe not in a math class because there is really a strict right or wrong answer. But I think in other classes, like, for example, like an English class or a politics class, I think that even for written work, there can be an unconscious teacher bias that can lead to some students getting better grades than others. I think sometimes um, a teacher will read what a student wrote and if they unconsciously like the student more than another, they may like interpret something in that the student didn't actually mean or give them points that the student doesn't actually deserve. Uh -huh. And I think, I think that can happen. Maybe it's less noticeable when it comes from written work, but I feel like it can also happen in written work the same way it can with oral participation. But at least with written work, there's a record of it. And with oral participation, no one's recording the thing. James? I'd certainly agree with what Josie said. I also would like to take a position that I know is a bit morally dubious, but I'm going to take anyway. Yes, I love a good morally <laughs> dubious position. Knowing how to get people to like you, to be yes. a, to help you achieve your goals is a valuable life skill. A little, you know, I... Kissing a ass. Little, a little bit of kissing ass, a little bit of slime goes a long way. And so if we, you know, if we're trying to think about school as preparing us for life, getting people who are in positions of authority to favor you is a great life skill to have. Now, let me push back and let you respond. I totally agree. I also think that since grades matter as much as they do, there is a pressing interest to mitigate against that. 
do you agree or do you disagree? Yes, but I don't think it should be taken at the expense of learning a valuable life skill. I'm not referencing kissing ass here. What I mean is being able to present your ideas okay. and being able to, um, yeah, being, ab- being able to sell yourself as well. You know, yeah. that's present your work. If you, if you have these great thoughts, but you keep them in your head, it's a bit difficult to give them to the world, you know? <laughs> Josie? So I wanted to present a not so hypothetical. Uh Um, So if I'm just going to use myself as an example, not that this happened to me, but um, if you're in a class and the teacher gives a test and some of the things on the test were not on the study guide and you complain to the teacher about this and uh, they know that if more than a third of the class fails, you're going to ask them to retake this test and then they give you a better grade because they don't want you to do this this has happened to me before and I feel like it's not, I feel like it's kind of the opposite of what you said, like arguing with your teacher in the same way about um, the grade and having them change the grade to not have these like consequences, I think can also be a factor. And I think there's always some kind of weird like moral ambiguity in terms of like who gets graded in what way, depending on what they've said and what like relationship they have. Absolutely. I concur. What I'm pushing at is there's nothing more ambiguous and there's nothing that leaves more room for unconscious teacher bias than the oral participation grade, which is the argument I'm making for the sake of the discussion. I'm only making this argument because everybody on the other side of this table is more or less on one side of it. So I'm kind of pushing for the sake of discussion from a not unreasonable other side. We want grades to be accurate. Per the direction this conversation has taken, we recognize that there is a lot of space for inaccuracy the more we open the grade up to being based on class participation. Now, we can accept that as an externality. We can say we know that teacher bias for and against students is a very real thing. We know that there's something imperfect about class participation grades, but we want to create a democratic school environment. We want to encourage students to learn how to sell themselves. We, we, and so we're going to accept that grades are inaccurate 10% in either direction. Is that a fair framing of the problem? And are you willing to accept that if so? Yes. I'm willing to accept it, but I have to make clear. I'm not speaking without clear personal interest. I, and I think a lot of the people at this table tend to be people who may be a little bit extroverted, tend to speak. Our grades go up because of participation. Obviously, I have a vested interest in keeping participation high. And so I would just like to say I do have this moral belief, but obviously my views are affected by the fact that I have skin in the game in a certain direction. That's a great point. And I think we should have pointed that out from the outset in this conversation. I'm sitting at a table with not only like four great students, but four students who are, are inclined to participate. You all at least present as being very confident in these types of environments. You're very verbally intelligent. You're choosing to be on microphone, right? 
So does this whole class participation 30% thing just advantage kids like you and by default then disadvantage students who aren't as confident and outgoing and extroverted? Ophelia. I wouldn't say by default. I think there's a lot of factors that play into it. Like I said, there's different parts of um, the eigenmeinatia that aren't just oral participation and we should definitely make sure to underline those as well. Um, of course, there's disadvantages and advantages but it's hard to you know get rid of all risks if you phrase it like that but I would take that risk because I do think that having a certain amount of the grade dedicated to oral participation is important nice all right did we solve this problem well thank you all so much for having this meaningful discussion about class participation I just think it's something that like we all kind of like I don't know, take for granted. It's one of those issues that doesn't seem to get discussed a lot. There's a lot of ways in which the school is trying to improve and trying to evolve. And this is um, not necessarily in the top 10 list of things that people are talking about. So it's pretty cool to just sit down and hear your opinions on it. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. Of course you did. They're amazing kids. Josie, Ophelia, James, Jacob, Thank you all for being here. We really appreciate it. And uh, listeners, again, you can always support us at buymeacoffee.com slash jfksideas. That's buymeacoffee.com slash jfksideas. And I should give a shout out to Todd Greenstein. Mr. Greenstein, thank you very much for supporting the Ideas Program we linked to the Buy Me a Coffee page in the show notes to the program. We've also linked to a journal which has a discussion of class participation and a dozen other issues that affect JFK. That is the report card version of the Ideas Journal. All right. Thank you all. This is wonderful. Thanks. Bye. 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 Getting pretty good at saying, <laughs> saying goodbye on cue. That's very impressive.